Let's get into the Word. I want to, I want to ask you uh, as we begin, how does the trail that's behind you, what does that trail look like? And I want to give you permission this morning as we get into the Word to, to look behind you. And I know in Scripture that's a dangerous thing to do, huh? You remember Lot's wife. When Lot's wife looked behind her, she, she got into some pretty big trouble. You remember that? And Jesus, even Jesus said that he who puts his hand to the plow but looks behind him, to hit, that one is not worthy of the kingdom. So scripturally, we can find ourselves in trouble by looking behind us. But I want to give you permission this morning to look behind you. Look at the trail that's behind you and what does that trail look like? As you, as you are interacting with somebody or somebody's in your life and you leave that person. You know, my wife and I were reminiscing the other night. We were thinking about people who we used to have very close relationships with. They used to be in our house on a weekly basis and now we don't even know where they're living. Sometimes relationships change and it's not, we don't have nothing, nothing happened that now we have a bad relationship with these guys. We just lost touch with them. You know, we have those people that used to be in our life and now we're not sure what happened. The, the, the trail that's behind you, what does it look like? Sometimes when we look at that trail, we find a path of destruction. We find a path of broken relationships. We find a, a path behind us of hurting people because they knew us. Now we left them hurting. That's a path of destruction. That's a trail of destruction. But there's also times that we, when we look behind us, we, we find a trail of people that are better having known us than the way that they were before. Amen? And that's the kind of path that I want behind me. When I look behind me, I want to see people that are encouraged. When I look behind me, I want to see people that have value in them. When I look behind me to see what the trail behind me looks like, I want to find people who know who they are. They understand that they're valuable. They understand that they're blessed. They understand that they're highly favored because they've met me. So I want, you, I want to give you a couple of moments this morning to look behind you. The trail that's behind you. Because we've said time and time again, we've said time and time again, and I even, I even uh, wrote down a couple of the messages that we've preached, understanding our influence. You know, there was a Sunday that I preached on grace. And we talked about grace being the divine influence upon the heart and then its reflection in our life. And we said that that grace that God gives us is it's not only for you and I, but that grace is to be dispensed and that grace is to be dispersed to the people that are around us. Martha, I remember the testimony that you gave of that difficult patient that you had, but you chose, I'm going to add value to this one. I'm going to make a difference in this life. I remember Marianne had a similar testimony. This patient was, nobody wanted that, that patient. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Nobody wanted that patient, but I, I, she made a decision. She made a choice. I, I'm, I'm going to speak life into this individual. That's what I'm talking about. When you look behind you at the people that you've encountered, at the, at the interactions that you've had, what's, what is the general tone 
of that trail that's behind you. Have generally speaking, and I know there's some, there's some people that are more difficult to do that to than others. Some people will receive what you have to offer to them. Some people, you know, they, they, they don't even know how to, re- how to receive that grace that, that's inside of you. Again, we just last Sunday, was it uh, actually last Sunday but one, we, I, we, we preached about uh, Peter and how Peter said, I don't have money to offer to you, but that which I do have. And we talked about that which we do have. And we said that there's value inside of us, that there's something for us to offer to, to those people who were around. Do you remember when we talked about that? Such as I have, that which I have, that thing that's inside of me, that authority that's inside of me, that grace that's inside of me, that healing, that gift of healing, that's inside of me, that gift of prophecy that's inside of me, that understanding, the, the ability to teach that's, that's inside of me. We also have talked so many times about the assignment that's on our lives. The kingdom assignment as ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We've talked about the, the assignment that's on us. And sometimes that assignment looks different for you than what it looks like for me. The assignment that God has on you to go and minister in the workplace. The assignment that God has on you to minister in your family. The assignment that God has on you just to pass a word of blessing or to pass a smile to the cashier in Walmart as you're paying for your groceries. You know, what's your assignment? So as we, as we carry out our assignment, as we you know, dispense the grace that's on our life, as we look inside and determine what's in me. And as you've walked this journey, how has been the trail that you've left behind you? How's the trail that you've left behind you? I remember, Mom, I didn't, you didn't know I was going to preach about you this morning, but I remember there was a story that you told me when I was little, little, little. You know, mothers, you, you remember those times when, when you're, you're sitting on the edge of the, of the bed and, and you're putting your child to sleep and, and the child says, Mom, just tell me one more story. Just tell me one more story. That's the way that I was. And I don't, I don't know if she ever got tired of me asking for stories or not, but I remember a story of, of there was a, a job that she had and she had a job of delivering newspapers taking newspapers from this door to the next door, and she was too young to drive at the time, and so she would take those newspapers in a bag and take them, you know, walking from door to door. But you know Indiana winters, the way that we get snow. Snow's already come. I'm amazed that there's already snow on the ground. Mom, I don't, I, I don't, uh, blame you for for leaving at this time of year (laughs) to avoid that snow if I could I would go with you Uh, but but so as a young girl she had this job of walking delivering newspapers and 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 in the snow people still expected their newspaper so my grandfather would go with her delivering these newspapers and he would walk in the snow making those footprints so that she could follow behind him and walk in his footprints. See, there was a trail that he was making. There was a path that he was making 
that she was able to go somewhere that she would not have been able to if it wasn't for her father. You see what I mean? She was able, she was able to get places because he made a path for her to follow. He made footprints and she could walk in those footprints of her dad. So when I look behind me, have I made footprints for people to follow? Or is there just destruction? Is there just chaos? Is there, is there you know, have, have I added value, like I said before, have I added value or, or, or what have I left? What have I left? So, so take a few moments, and I, I hope that as I've been sharing some of these stories and some of these you know, recollections, that you've been considering what's the trail behind you look like. Another story that, that we were joking about the other day is a, is a story. I don't know where this story started from, but uh, you know, this time of year in America, we're preparing to celebrate for Thanksgiving, to celebrate Thanksgiving, and, and you can't have Thanksgiving without making turkey. Turkey has to be there when you're, when you're celebrating Thanksgiving. And the story goes like this, that, that a, a family was uh, preparing the turkey for Thanksgiving, and the young daughter were watching the young mother uh, prepare this turkey. And the daughter was observing the young mother, and she cut off the end of that turkey before she put it in the oven. And the, the daughter, you know, 9, 10 years old, 11 years old, asked the mother, Mom, why did you cut off the end of that turkey before you put it in? And the mom said, I don't know. That's the way that my mom did. And so the young daughter went to the grandmother and said, Grandma, why do you cut off the end of that turkey? And the, that mother now said, I don't know. That's the way that my mother did. And so they went to that one and they finally traced it back that the, that the old Shosho, when she was preparing that turkey, the, the, the nini, the, 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 dish, the dish wasn't big enough to hold the turkey. So she had to cut off the end of the turkey to fit in the dish that she had. And now three, four generations later, they're still cutting off the turkey, even though now the dish is big enough. <laughs> so we, we leave a trail behind us. We leave something behind us. No matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, no matter what interaction that you have, you're leaving a trail. Even something, like I said before, something as simple as going through the, the cashier line at Walmart. You're leaving a trail behind you. You're leaving an influence. And I want us to understand this morning the, the, the power of the influence that's on our lives. I want us to understand the influence that we carry because not only should we understand the influence, but we should also understand that that influence is doing its job. It's influencing in one way or another. Regardless of the mood that you're in that day, regardless of you know, how you woke up, regardless of what your husband said to you that morning before you left the house, you're still influencing somebody. How are you influencing? The people that you've influenced, how are they after you've left them? How did you leave them? Did you leave them better than you found them? Or are they, are they discouraged because they met that guy? They met that woman. I can't believe she said this to me. Ay, ay, yeah. Let's look at Scripture. I want us to look at Scripture and, and, and find a few individuals that understood their influence and left a good trail behind them. Now, I told you on Wednesday 
that uh, this morning I want to share a, a, a very, to me, a very exciting announcement with you, uh, a brand new ministry that we're launching in the church in, in January. And so all of that is leading up, leading up uh, to this unveiling at the end of the message. But let's look, I, I have four individuals that I want us to look at their lives and just follow the trail that they left behind them. And we want to see some of the example that they give us in the same way. The first one, and probably the best example that we can turn to, is Jesus Himself. Can we agree that Jesus left a good trail behind Him? Amen. Jesus left a good trail. He left a good legacy. His influence influenced well. Jesus, His, his purpose when He came one of the primary things that he did was to usher in the kingdom of God, to introduce and to, to make known, to teach about the kingdom of God. Not only did he do that, but he also fulfilled Old Testament prophecies that were spoken about him before this Messiah was even born. He came and as he lived, he fulfilled the prophecies. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Those were his own words of his mission on earth. And he did that, and he did it well, but he didn't, he didn't stop there. He also brought restoration and reconciliation where that was needed. We find time and time again that, that Jesus, when he left a place, lives were healed, ailments were healed, blinded eyes could see, deaf ears could hear. When Jesus looked at his trail... There was a trail of healing. When Jesus looked at the trail behind him, it was a trail of wholeness. When Jesus looked at the trail, the, the trail that he left as he left people, people were in wonder and awe and amazement because they had an opportunity to see Jesus. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33, he tells us a little bit about the, the trail that he left Matthew 6.33, this is one of, our, one of our key verses for the year in CCI Fort Wayne. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So Jesus is saying, I've taught you the kingdom. I've told you what the kingdom looks like. I've, I've explained to you how if you become as a, as a little child, you're going to see the kingdom. Now if you, if you seek first the kingdom, if you walk in what I've taught you, if you, if you live in, in the reality of what I've given to you, everything is going to be added to you. This is the trail that Jesus left behind. The trail that Jesus left was a life in the kingdom, a life of wholeness, a life of healing. There's another individual. We can look at the life of Paul. We can look at the life of Paul. We know that Paul went on three, at least three, some theologians would tell you that Paul went on four missionary journeys. But through the ministry and the life of Paul, so many individuals were saved. Thousands were saved under his preaching. He, he had an apostolic ministry, so not only did he, did he you know, preach himself, but he also trained and equipped leaders. And he, 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 he sent you know, evangelists out, and he sent out pastors and teachers, and he equipped these individuals, and churches were planted 
Some of those churches, we still find the fruit of them up till today because of the ministry of Paul. Paul was one that as, as Paul, if Paul were with us today and he would take this opportunity to look behind him, he would see a good trail. He would see a positive trail that was behind him. And we can read uh, some of Paul's final thoughts regarding the trail that he left in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Romans is such a rich book of Scripture. These are some of Paul's final words. He says this, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, this is Paul talking, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through Him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among the nations for His name, among whom you are called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there are some things that we can find in these seven verses, some key things that Paul knew or Paul uh, displayed that shows the leadership or the apostolic ministry that was in Paul. Number one, we see that Paul knew who he was. Paul had a good trail behind him in part because he himself knew who he was. And we read that in verse 1 of the, of the beginning of the book of Romans here. He says, Paul, and then he tells who he is. I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. A bondservant of Jesus Christ. Do you know what the difference is between a bondservant and just a regular servant? Do you know the difference? A bondservant had the opportunity to be free but chose to remain a servant. So in those days, the culture required a servant to serve the master for seven years. And at the end of those seven years, there was a conversation between the master and the servant. And the master would go to the servant and he, and he would inquire, servant, you've served me well for seven years. Now, do you want to go, be, go and be free or do you want to continue to remain as my servant? Some of those servants, they would weigh their options and they would make a good decision. They would, they would you know, process through their, the, the opportunity that was set before them. But some of them said, you know, I know myself. And I know that if I would choose freedom, if I would go out there, I know that I would not receive these three warm meals every day. I know that I probably would not have a warm, you know, shelter. I probably wouldn't have my own bed to sleep in. I wouldn't have, you know, people to support what I'm doing. So it would be better for me to continue. I know that I can go out and do my own thing, but it would be better for me to remain as a servant. So the slave, the servant would go back to the master and he would say, Master, I'm choosing to serve you. 
And so to make him now a bond servant, symbolically, the, the master would take an awl. That, that small tool that looks like a screwdriver, but instead of having the points at the end, it's just, a, it's just pointed. It's just pointed. When, my, when, we used to, when we used to go out and hang gutter, you know gutter that hangs at the bottom of your, of your roof to catch the rain, you know, that gutter is rolled in long sections. And so we would take these awls, the same tool that, is, that, is, that was used in what I'm telling you, and we would, we would pound the, the gutter into the house to hold it there until we could get screws to screw it in. So we would use these. It's, 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 it looks like a screwdriver, but instead of having something there that you can turn the screw, it's just, it just comes to a point, like a nail, but a, but a dull nail. So the, the master would say, okay, bring me an awl. You, you want to continue serving me, bring me an awl and a hammer. And the servant would take, the, the, the master would take the servant by the ear, and he would take that awl, and he would drive it through the earlobe into the door. Symbolically saying, now you've chosen, you're going to be in my house. You've chosen your freedom, but now you want to be a bond slave a bond servant. You're, you're choosing to continue to serve me. That's what Paul was talking about here when he said, I am a bond servant of Jesus Christ. I had the opportunity not to follow him. I had the chance to go out and do my own thing. You remember Paul before he was called Paul. He, this was a very, very educated man in the law. But Paul had the opportunity to do his own thing, but he said, Jesus, I see that your way is better. I'm following you. Paul knew who he was as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He also knew that he was called to be an apostle. That was his ministry. He also knew that he was separated to the gospel of God. See, Paul knew who he was. He understood that he was a slave, a servant to the king of kings. But sometimes when we think of ourselves as servants, it lets us get ourselves down and then we don't see the value that's in us because God takes care of us. He knew that he was an apostle. He knew that he was separated to preach the gospel of God. So Paul knew who he was. Secondly, Paul knew his direction. If we want to... If we want to leave a good trail behind us, we should know where we're going. If we want to leave a good trail behind us, we should know where we're going. Thirdly, we read in these seven verses that Paul knew that there were people that were following him. He knew that there were people that were following him. Let me tell you today, if you have breath in your lungs... Somebody's following you. If, you. if you have the ability to raise your arms, if there's life in you, somebody's watching you. Regardless of how old you are, how young you are, how mature you are, how immature you are, how long you've served God, regardless if you're man, woman, regardless of all of those things, somebody is watching you. Somebody is following you. Somebody is saying, I see the way that she does it. And I either want to follow in that pattern or I see the way that she does it 
and I'm never going to do it that way because I see the life as a mess. Somebody's watching you. Do you know, are you aware that somebody's watching? Somebody, you're leading somebody. And finally, the, the people that were following Paul, Paul cared about them. We read in verse number 7, the second part of verse number 7, Paul told them, Grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, was, Paul cared about those people. He, he, was, he was speaking grace. He was speaking peace. And we, we read the heart of Paul is as a father to those who he was leading or those who were following him. Paul, if, as, you, as Paul looked behind him, there was a good trail of people that were following Paul. So we've looked at Jesus. We said that Jesus left a good trail behind him. We looked at Paul. We said that Paul left a good trail behind him. The third one that I want to share with you this morning is Esther, Queen Esther. And we also see that Esther left a good trail behind her. Esther left a good trail behind her. You see, Esther was in a very influential position as the queen. But she, she cared so much about her people. She cared so much about her people that when she knew that they were, you know, that there was potential for them to be in danger, she took a stand to, to defend them. A stand that could have, you know, even brought her own life at risk. Sometimes when there's people that are following us, it can put us in a vulnerable position. Sometimes to save somebody else, it takes putting our life on the line. Hmm? Sometimes to, to, to bring somebody else up, it can be painful for us. Esther didn't know what the result would be if she revealed her true identity. But she was told in Esther 4, 14. Esther 4, 14. Esther, maybe you're here for such a time as this. You were put into the position that you're in. You were put in to, the, to, the, to this level of influence that you're in now for such a time as this. There at the bottom. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let's read from the top. For if you remain completely silent, Esther, at this time, somebody's talking to her, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house are going to perish. Your people are going to perish. But you, Esther, it's even putting your life on the line. Risking your life, putting yourself in harm's way because they're counting on you. They need you for such a time as this. Esther, if we look at, at the trail that was behind Esther, we find another good trail. Thank God. Amen? Again, we find another one in the, in the life of Timothy. So we've talked about Jesus, Paul, Esther, and now Timothy. Timothy was Paul's protege. The, the son, the spiritual son of Paul. He assisted Paul in so many different ways. And he even was sent by Paul to go and plant churches. To go and... I just use this one. Okay, thank you. To go and plant churches, to go and preach the gospel. 
to go and declare the goodness of God. You see, Timothy was, was a young man. But we find him being used in, in mighty, mighty ways. Both to serve his spiritual father, but also to go out and, and, and you know, carry out the ministry that was inside of him. And he did it well. We look at, we look at the legacy that Paul left through Timothy and Paul's legacy, a large part of Paul's legacy is as strong as it is because he had Timothy. Because Timothy was able to go and reach where places that Paul could never reach. And he did it well. If we look at Timothy's legacy, if we look at Timothy's heritage, if we look at Timothy's trail, we find another good trail behind this young man. If we look at 2 Timothy 2.15, 2 Timothy 2.15, again we find some more instruction and encouragement that Paul is now writing to Timothy. Be diligent, Timothy. The King James said, study, Timothy. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent. And this is, this is instruction from Paul to Timothy, but we find Timothy heeding this advice. We find Timothy taking these words very, very seriously and, and letting them be part of his own life. And he did that as Paul sent him out to various churches and various cities. He, he, Timothy studied the Word of God. So, now getting into the announcement that I, that I want to share with you or that us as leaders want to share with you today. How is the, the, the trail that's behind you? How's the trail that's behind you? You see, sometimes, sometimes we want to leave a very good trail behind us. Sometimes we want to, we want to leave, we, want to, we know that in us, we want to add value to people. We know that in us, there's a call and there's a purpose and there's an assignment in our life. But sometimes we, we're, just, we're not sure how to go about that. Sometimes we're not sure, you know, when I get into an opportunity where I have the chance to share the gospel with someone, but they ask me that question that I just don't know the answer to. What do I say in those situations? Sometimes when, you know, when, we, when God in His grace gives us the privilege as believers to lead someone into a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're not sure what to do with them for there, from there. So, so how do we equip ourselves to walk in a path and to live our lives in such a way to leave a good trail behind us? Where does that equipping come from? Where does that training come from? So that we can live in a way that, that we leave a good trail. You know, we can, we can train ourselves in that. We can equip ourselves in that. But there's times that we, it, would, it would be beneficial for us to have another influence. You know what I mean? 
it would be beneficial for us to have someone to, to, to sit down with us the way, that, the way that Paul sat down with Timothy and said, this is how it's done. This is what you say. This is how you go about it. This is what I want you to do. And so as we prayed and as we, as we sought the heart of God as leaders on how do we, as a church now, how do we live our lives to ensure that we make the most of every opportunity that God gives us? There was, a, there was something that the Lord had put on my heart um, in this regard. And I presented it to the leadership team at our last meeting, and, and they blessed it. They said, this is, this is something that we need to implement, that we need to begin in the church. So if you'll put up uh, that next slide, I'm very, very too excited uh, to share with you that we will be in the beginning of January, or in the, around the middle of January of 2020, we'll be launching the CCI Fort Wayne Leadership Academy. That's very, very exciting to me. And, and what the vision is of the Leadership Academy is to equip us in very practical ways to teach us how to walk in the anointing that's on our lives. Some of us are called, we were created to be evangelists. Some of us were, were created to be shepherds. We were created to be prophets. We were created to be apostles. We were created to be leaders. We were created to be influencers. We were created to leave a trail of changed lives behind us. We were created to be teachers. But sometimes we just need a little bit of you know, practical teaching, practical training on what does that look like to walk in that gifting? What does it look like to walk in the individual that God made me to be? And that's what we want the Leadership Academy to be for anybody who desires. This, the, the Leadership Academy is going to be a one-year, let me say, school of leadership. And although it's going to be focused towards church leadership, the principles that will be taught will apply to every aspect of influence. So whether you're, whether you're a cashier at Walmart, whether you're a RN, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a, whatever you are, whatever you are, there's going to be principles taught through the Leadership Academy that are going to equip us, that are going to, uh, you know, give us the practical training that we need to influence well and to leave a good trail behind us. It's going to be very intense. We're going to meet twice a month on the second and fourth Sunday. And it'll be just, we'll meet for two, three hours after the service. But we'll, we'll train the Leadership Academy students in so many different ways. From, from preaching, the, each student will prepare a message to preach to the rest of the class. And then the rest of the class will critique them in the message that they preach. They'll be trained in very practical leadership, uh, you know, things like even hygiene, to be sure that, you know, we're not smelling in a way that people don't want to be influenced by us. Uh, even, even things like understanding when, when do I listen versus when do I speak, those types of, those types of things. When do, I, when do I take a step in, an, in, a, 
in a situation? When do I act? And when do I just be still and allow God to move? Um, you'll be hearing the, the students of the, of the Leadership Academy will be taking turns teaching our Wednesday evening Bible studies. Uh, we'll be going out into the neighborhood here to do evangelism. We'll be teaching evangelism. And so there's going to be so many, so many things. We'll even be looking at some very personal uh, things within the hearts of our students. And we'll be going in and breaking off generational iniquities. We'll be expelling any demonic oppression. We'll be cutting off soul ties and, and trusting God to heal hearts. Because, you know, it's so much more effective if we, can, if we can lead with a whole heart than if we lead from a wounded heart. Amen? So that'll be part of our training. That'll be part of that one-year program. And we're excited. We're excited. I'll be doing the, some, most of the teaching. Uh, we'll also have the elders, the CCI elders will be, uh, the three elders will be taking part of that. We'll be bringing in some guest speakers to do part of that as well. But the whole mission, the whole vision of this Leadership Academy is to train us and equip us to walk confidently and with anointing in our kingdom assignment. Because at the end of the day, church, I believe that our time is very short before we're going to see the return of our Savior. I believe that our days are numbered. I believe that we're in the last quarter or we're in the 11th hour. The way that we use our time in these last days is so important. The way that we, the way that we you know, get the most out of that which we do is so imperative. It's so important. We, we, we can't afford to waste time. We can't afford to waste time because there's lives that are hurting. There's lives that need what's inside of you. There's lives that, that need the encouragement that you have for them. There's lives that need the grace that's on your life. And that's the purpose of this Leadership Academy is to prepare us and equip us to make the most out of every opportunity that God gives to us whether it's in the workplace or in the church, no matter where it is, we want to make the most out of it. Amen? So we'll be from the end of the service today. Uh, this, is, this, year, this year, we're going to open it up to anybody who's interested. I know there's going to be some from the leadership team that have already said they want to be there. They want to be students of this uh, academy. But we're going to open it up to anybody. Uh, so... I think in the future we'll probably, you know, limit it to a small class. But in, for 2020, we're going to open it up. If there's 100 people, we'll have 100 students. If there's five, we'll have five. However many say, I'm interested, there won't, we won't turn anybody away for this year. Next year, we'll make that process a little bit different. But then at the end of the year, we want to celebrate uh, the, the successful graduation of our students. So we'll see, we'll have a graduation ceremony. We'll present each student with gifts and we'll pray for them and bless them to walk in the anointing that's on their life that they're now equipped for. Amen? Amen. So be praying about this. Be praying about this. But I want us to consider. I want us to consider. I don't, I don't want 
our time together this morning to be only an announcement, but I want you to leave with something as well. I want you to leave considering what's behind you. What's behind you? How has been the path? How has been the, the trail that's behind you? The people that you've encountered, the lives that you've come across, where are they today? Are they better because they've known you? Or are they discouraged? I want us to be a people. I want from my, from my own life, let me speak for myself. I want my life to be one that when people, when, when, I, when I interact with somebody, I want to add value to that life. I want to give them something. I want to impart something to them. I'm not saying that I have everything. But that which I do have, I want to give. Because God didn't put that grace in me. God didn't put that grace in you for us to take it to the grave. Amen? What good is that grace that's on you? That, that encouraging word, that beautiful smile that you have. You better get all those smiles out of you before you go to the grave. What are those smiles going to do in the, in the cemetery? They won't do any good there. But that grace that God has put in you, let's let it come out of us. And let's be equipped in every way to allow that grace to come from us. Amen? Amen. I want to, I want to invite my wife. I asked my wife to sing a song this morning um, that, that, that goes in line with what we're saying. So I'm going to let you present this song, um, and then we'll come back and close. So go ahead, you can um, the song is called Find Us Faithful by Steve Green. I don't know if you know it. Um, if you want to listen to it later, it's on YouTube, so you can find it there. But it's a song. It's basically just a prayer. My favorite line in here, it says, May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Um, it takes a lot of being intentional to walk in the faithfulness, to walk in faithfulness. Um, if we get to the end of our lives and look back, um, if we just have done whatever we want, if we haven't been walking in faithfulness, most likely it's not going to look like how we want it to. But to leave that legacy for those coming behind us, to walk behind us, to be encouraged by us, we have to walk. We have to be intentional about walking faithfully and by what God's called us to do. We're pilgrims on a journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us not run the race, not Let us run the race, not only for the prize But as those who've gone before us Let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Oh, may all. 
footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey oh may all who come behind us find us faithful after all our hopes and dreams have come and gone and our children sift through all we've left behind may the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find oh may all who come behind us find us faithful may the fire of our devotion light their way may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey oh may all who come behind us find us faithful amen that said may the may the footprints that we leave Read that again. Read that line. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. Amen? I love, I love that. Let those who come behind us find us faithful. Let those who come behind us find us faithful. There's another, there's another verse in Psalm. Is it Psalm 145, somewhere there? But it says that one generation will commend your works to the next. See, this is our responsibility. This is our opportunity that we have as kingdom citizens to leave a legacy, to leave a spiritual heritage to those that are, who are following for me, I want those who are coming behind me, whether it's my children, whether the one who's getting saved next week, whether it's the one who's going to get saved two years from now. I want, I want the one who comes behind me to find me faithful. Amen? May the footprints that I leave help that one to believe. So church, I, that's what I have for you today. That's what I have for you today. What is the trail that's behind you? And if, it's, if you see that desire, if you see that, uh, you know, urging or that nudging to be able to leave a more effective trail or to know how to be more intentional in leaving that trail behind you, I invite you, let's, let's do this Leadership Academy. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer.